I will not proceed with this homeless housing facility and injection site facility on the front lawn of this senior's complex. If I ever vote, it'll be for him. It's time that we actually put investment and power into the hands of the working class people that we champion. Thank you for voting. And it is Wednesday. Give a chance to uh, some of the candidates to have their voices heard as well as air what they want to air, fix what they want to fix and make the promises that they want to promise. And then the question becomes, can they deliver? And going face to face today, we have Ms. Chloe Brown, who is running in her second campaign. She joins us. Great to have you. And she's ChloeBrown.ca if you want to get an idea. She's got a very uh, polished, very clear and concise um, campaign all laid out of what she's running on. And we've got Mr. Anthony Fury, who is also joining us. Anthony, oh no, he's Fury.ca is his campaign if you want to go on and see what he is running on. So I welcome both of you to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you very much. All righty. Good to have you both. Uh, Chloe, I'm going to start with you on this. And I want to start on the housing and what you're running on. I mean, you're running on prioritizing, you know, the neglected and the unheard. And obviously, affordable living, affordable housing, making sure people have what they have is important to you. And you're also, I think, interestingly running on your experiencing as experience as a policy um you know, you know about policy and you certainly carry it out at City Hall and you firmly believe that uh, we've had bad management in this city and that everyone should be able to have adequate shelter regardless of their income and ability. And so how are you going to get things built? How are you going to get things done? I mean, you just heard the numbers by the Bank of Canada. We've got rates going up again. And so this slows down everything. But how are you going to get people housed and living in the city of Toronto, given the current situation of a city in really big debt and an economy that is uh, being pushed down by inflation? Well, first, I'd like to look at the applications and how much the cost to apply to build is really draining our contractors and our construction industry of building housing. So getting rid of the HST on affordable housing permits, making sure that, sorry, making sure that our construction industry is using the most advanced technology to rapidly develop housing is also a priority of mine because I'm looking at places like Dubai, China, the Netherlands, and they're delivering projects in under a year. And that's because they're using the technology that modular design and construction allows us and also rapid road development. So it's really a matter of me clearing out the bureaucracy and the pay-for-play functions of the planning department to make sure that builders are just accelerating rapidly developed housing. And an example of this is the supportive housing units that are currently sitting in the TTC yard. They were built and they just need a site to be on. It's my job as the mayor to fight to make sure that we're using this technology and rapid development to get as many people off the street. And that would bring down our fears of public safety, public health, et cetera. Because when we look at how the shelter hotels were taken away from that population, they, they didn't really give us the working class an option on how to keep ourselves protected from the blowout. And this is where as the mayor, it's really my job to get the unions, the private sector, and every other group involved in housing using the technologies that would get people off the street in nine months. Because it's possible, it's really about the mayor directing resources to those very actions. 
So there's that. And then leveraging the public land, so building on the libraries, TTC, community centers, to make sure essential workers can stay in the city. Because if we don't have social workers and healthcare to provide the supportive services to people that are experiencing homelessness, then we find ourselves back in the same cycle of providing band-aids for gunshot wounds. Okay, let me just clarify, because before I go to Anthony for his, uh, would you then open the hotels back up uh, for for, for, uh, housing, for units? Not necessarily. I would look at how we can change our existing shelter system by using sleeping pods. I would use our parking lots to develop micro homes and create a close courtyard for treatment. Because the truth is, we have a lot of underused lands in Toronto. Mm -hmm. We need to get the maximum value out of them by looking at how we can help the working class whose purchasing power drives this city forward. I think it's really interesting um, that both of you have, uh, you, Chloe and Anthony, have very outside-the-box thinking, uh, which we don't really hear enough of in this. And so, Anthony, you have proposed Fury Forward, and you say you'll auto-approve housing applications if they're not approved in six months. And so how do you do this, get things built, and give kind of the instant results given um, how much bureaucracy that we face and given that you'll probably meet a lot of roadblocks. Yeah, great to be here, Alex. And, you know, I, I, I love this city. It's a city worth fighting for. You know, I've been a newspaper columnist for over a decade, getting to know all the issues and, and getting to know people all across the city, all walks of life. Housing, just such a key issue. It's what everybody's talking about. And I've been speaking to the builder community, the developers, and they say the number one real impediment when it comes to how long it takes to get things built and also how expensive units are right now is just delays. Time is money. So they're waiting to build something. And right now, City Hall's taking like almost three years in some cases, well over two years often, to approve a project. What's going on? What's the holdup? I've heard all these anecdotes, and I've said the bottom line is we get these approved within six months or it's auto-approved. We get it dealt with or they just get to proceed with it. They have to follow the rules and regulations and everything. And this doesn't just extend to building housing. I've said any application to the city. Let's say you want to get a deck built. I mean, the amount of time it takes to get this stuff approved, a new patio for your restaurant, every single application process, Alex, I'm going to set an auto approval level. So when it comes to patios, it's going to be six weeks. If City Hall can't approve your patio application in six weeks, It's auto-approved. You get to go because we shouldn't, bureaucracy should not be holding back our city from growing, whether it's a deck, a patio, or in the case of a large-scale housing development. So I got to get auto uh, approval going and I'm going to work with the bureaucracy in City Hall to get themselves into this uh, leaner shape where they can uh, get things robustly done within those timeframes. Because City Hall is broken. Those those city councillors running against me, they were a part of the problem here. And I'm bringing in the fresh voice, the fresh, fresh perspective to get things done, Alex. Does that make sense? I mean, you're a policy analyst. You see how things don't work, um, Chloe, or do work. Does that make sense to you? Honestly, I, I understand what Mr. Fury is trying to say, but you can't just auto-approve everything. There's a reason why there's planning procedures. One of the things that we need to do is standardize design standards for affordable housing. So having basic structures for apartments is a way to accelerate things forward because what Mr. Fury is really trying to say is that there's zoning issues. And to change zoning, that is a policy mechanism that can be done by relaxing zoning in a way that Japan has used mixed developments to have commercial, industrial, et cetera, everywhere. But you can't just automatically approve everything because not everyone applying for a permit is a contractor. 
you have amateurs applying for things and they need to be checked or you have issues of like collapse because it's not structurally sound. You need to have bylaw enforcement going in to make sure that there's smoke detectors and a variety of things because the quality of builds is a big issue in this city. And despite the delays, if you live in a condo or an apartment that's new, you're starting to see that the rush jobs are really taking the value out of your rent because you're ending up paying for more repairs than the rent itself. All right, let me um, give that back to you then, um, Anthony, is where are the checks and balances? Oh, I already said we're going to be following all the regulations. There's going to be inspectors. But what the approval is, is it's the green light to proceed. And it is the stories I have heard, Alex, are unbelievable in terms of a builder saying, well, we had to we had to have a meeting about a heritage wall, like one little wall they wanted us to keep. We were willing to do it. The person shows up at the meeting from City Hall and they didn't bring the proper paperwork. So they say, OK, well, we'll come back for a meeting later, four, four weeks later. That's not acceptable. We got to close these deals right away. As mayor of Toronto, I'm going to be all hands on deck on being uh, bringing in pro-business and, and pro-resident, pro-taxpayer policies that get things done. Alex, you know everyone's saying that we're spending on the pet projects, the frills out there. Uh, we, we got the City Hall logo-branded crack pipes out there that your taxpayer dollars are going to. We got the fanciest bike lanes in, in all of the world, but yet we can't get the potholes fixed. We can't get projects built. Garbage collection, people want to see an investment in more of that. That's what I'm going to be doing as Mayor of Toronto, focusing on the services that people need in their day-to-day lives. And when I do the program review that I've said for a couple months now I'm going to do, we're going to get rid of those frills, those things that most residents say, that's not what I expect from City Hall. I'm going to be laser-focused on getting this job done. All right. Uh, and just quickly, just so I, I know Anthony Fury is uh, going to use strong mayoral powers. Are you, Would you as well, Chloe? I already built a strong commissioner system. It's on... It's available on my website, and it outlines that I would like to do away with public appointments by politicians and get more working-class residents in positions of board of directors on the agencies, boards, and commissions of the city. Because one of the biggest issues is that our city is overrun by executives who are trying to make decisions for working-class people, and it's not being reflected in the programs and services. When Mr. Fury is talking about bureaucracy, it's really the corporate bureaucracy that's slowing down the city. The fact that, a, like, I as a policy analyst have to go through comms, I have to go through PR, and a variety of groups before you can even deliver a message to the public is the problem. Our city is over-corporatized, and it works for an investor class, not a working class. All right. So, Let- yeah. Let, let me just break to go to, uh, to um, uh, a commercial, and then I'll come back, I'll pick up that, and then we'll move into the area of taxes. Hard to believe we're now uh, 20 days away from a mayoral vote that none of us thought we would be going to, but nonetheless, we will have a new mayor in uh, 20 days' time. Will that be Anthony Fury? Could it be Chloe Brown? That is who we have today facing off over a couple of the big issues. And I want to talk about taxation now. So let's talk taxes. And I'll start with you on this one, Anthony. You say you're not going to push for new taxes. Uh, you'll cut the land transfer tax for first-time buyers and then eventually phase it out. We've got a billion-dollar hole in the budget I don't need to remind you about. You say your first act would be an audit of the books uh, to cut things that are not there, things like pet projects, not core to the needs of Torontonians. Um, but w- how do you make up for a billion and a half? I, that, I mean, you'd have to, like, where are you finding that? Because a lot of people will say there's no way you can cut a billion and a half without actually cutting services. Just watch me find those savings without cutting services 100%, Alex. People are taxed enough as it is. 
I mean, we have an affordability crisis right now. We know what the price of groceries is like soaring. So these council candidates running against me, they all voted to proceed with this municipal sales tax. It's quite something, and it hasn't gotten the attention it deserves. Uh Uh-uh, we're not doing a municipal sales tax. Road tolls on the Gardner and DVP, are you guys kidding me? It's like they either want to tear down the Gardner, like Olivia Chow wants to do, or they want to put tolls on the Gardner. I'm doing neither. Here's the truth about the budget, Alex. It was $10 billion 10 years ago. It's $16 billion now. Are you telling me people are getting 50% more services now than back then? Most people tell me they feel like they are getting less in terms of service. So we're going back to basics. I have said I'm doing a non-core services hiring freeze. What that means is that up at City Hall, 40% of the bureaucrats are on the sunshine list. The actual bureaucrats, middle management and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to let attrition do its thing, meaning people are leaving to take jobs elsewhere. They're retiring. And I'm going to let those positions roll over. I'm not going to rehire them right away. And and every month, I'm going to roll over many millions of dollars of savings that way. And you're right, looking for all these frills, a lot of sort of activist stuff going on at City Hall, finding uh, funding a lot of climate agenda stuff, which whatever you think about those issues, if that's your cup of tea, fine, but you deal with that on your evenings and weekends. That's not something that taxpayers should be on the hook for. So I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth into the budget and making sure core services are protected, reinvested in, and we find savings and respect for taxpayers. Okay, but we are not allowed to carry um, this kind of deficit. And so what's your timeline to make that um, that whole? Yeah, we got to do it by the next budget. And, and, and look, right now, 40% of the people in the shelter system are recent refugees. That's a federal file. So day one, I look forward to Mr. Trudeau calling to congratulate me on winning the mayoralty. And it'll be a very polite conversation. Looking forward to working with him. But I'm going to have to say, we're providing a federal service here. Many millions of dollars of Toronto tax dollars are going towards the federal service of caring for refugees. You're really going to have to figure this out here. So there's a no- many things that I'm going to be doing here to fill that gap. Lots of creative things and lots of just going back to basics, traditional things. Managing City Hall like you manage a business. The number of business executives I've spoken to recently, Alex, who say, why aren't they doing this there, that there, these, a zero-based budgeting, Lean Six Sigma. I can go through all these different things. None of them they're doing at City Hall. It's quite something. All right, Chloe Brown, you uh, cite duplication and redundancies as a very big cost. Um, You know, Toronto, you say, is not broken. It's poorly governed. So, you, what's your tax plan? How do you plan to make up for the shortages that we have uh, in filling this budget hole? So when it comes to taxes, my plan is to tax unproductive lands across the city. I'm someone who walks around and you can see a ton of empty storefronts, empty lots that could be used for the public. And I'm hoping to tax them into productivity because there shouldn't be empty land in the middle of a housing crisis, a business crisis. And there's this really big opportunity for the city to also create better housing arrangements for its residents. And this is where I'm looking at building housing on top of paramedic stations, fire services, police stations. We have 100 Toronto Public Library branches that can be built on top of. TTC has 80 stations. We have community centres. And this is a way that we create a non-profit real estate strategy to create housing for the public good. And this is where we create rent geared to income programs that then lead to rent to own programs so that we have people buying their units and they're able to stabilize themselves. And also it gives them 
something to barter with because one of our biggest issues in the city is that we have 49% tenants that have no ownership opportunities. We have public lands that could be working to give them greater purchasing powers and better opportunities. There's an opportunity also to rezone the land so that we're bringing light industrial back into neighborhoods and we're building supply chains. Okay, My let plan- me just get back to the basics though, because I understand this. This is more longer term, but but would you raise taxes? Would you raise property taxes? I would place taxes on the things that are not productive in our city. When it comes to raising property taxes, there are people that are not paying their fair share. When I think of the lots the McMansions, I don't believe they should be paying the same rate as a small house in Rexdale. So yes, there's going to be a more dynamic tax system for some, and for others, the tax level will stay the same. It's really about creating fairness. We have churches and charities not paying their fair share of taxes, and we're subsidizing them through a grant system. Food banks is another one where it's just like every food bank should be working as an urban farm. We have the technology. So taxes will be applied fairly, based on who's being the least productive in our society. So I'm not going to say it's a one-size tax raise for everyone. I'm looking at the groups more. Okay. Uh, Any retort from you, uh, Anthony? I'm not bringing in any new taxes. It's all about finding those efficiencies, Alex, and I'm I'm gearing up. I'm ready to do it. Let me um, put both of you on the spot because we just kind of got breaking news, but the... um Accused Junior Francois Lavages, who um, is alleged to have made threats last week, uh, it interrupted the mayoral um, debates last week when he, according to police, threatened to shoot mayoral candidates and was alleged to have shown up at the venue with some kind of gun. Um, He has now been released on bail to the supervision of three sureties, so he's got house arrest. Um, Any reaction to this, Chloe? A concern of you, surprise to you? No. To be honest, I I take TTC every day. There's threats made to the public all the time. And this is where the issue really is, is that Toronto does not do enough to make sure that its working class is safe. There's this opportunity to really invest in the mental health care and the housing and all the supports that would get this person off the street and into the treatment program that they need. I'm not afraid because it's This is the reality of the city now. Like, women have been threatened with violence for a very long time. On the TTC, violence has escalated. The thing that's going to change it is investing in the programs that get people like that off the street and under the supervision of healthcare teams. Uh, Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm continuing my I'm continuing my campaign. I don't intend to do anything different because, like, this is the reality of the city, and I don't have the option of just pausing my life every time a man threatens me. Um, your thoughts, Anthony, I mean, we have catch and release and, and I don't know, um, just cause I hadn't had time to read the story as to what his, you know, violence level is, but here we have another situation where it could be mental illness, but he's out. Uh, and so your reaction. Yeah, look, I'm the guy who said I'm hiring 500 new police officers. That only brings us back to where we were at 10 years ago, because, Alex, people say they don't feel safe on public transit, on our streets, in our communities anymore. Everyone says they don't let their 13-year-old take the subway anymore. I'm going to bring back a visible police presence on our streets in public transit. I got to have faith in the police to deal with people like this individual here. I'm not I'm not particularly concerned or bothered for my own safety. Lots of people, though, do have legitimate concerns about what's going on in our streets. I just gave a press conference at a Montessori school in front of Kensington Market, where because of the drug crisis and an encampment two doors down from them, uh, people troubled by drugs are going up screaming obscenities in the face of four-year-old children. There are needles being left right near this school. Uh, boxes 
boxes of needles, Alex, and parents have actually been chased by people. It is wild. And, and joining me at that press conference was the director of the school and a mother who said she was chased uh, at 3 p.m. by a knife-wielding individual in the drug crisis. I'm phasing out those injection sites, replacing them with treatment centers. Right now, the city's trying to push them to Scarborough, North York, Etobicoke. I'm the guy who's saying, no, we're not going any step further to being like Seattle, San Francisco, Vancouver. When I become mayor, the buck stops here. All right. Both of you have had your say, and uh, I wish I always have more time on these things, but I do not. Chloe Brown, I thank you very much for joining us and certainly hope we hear more from you during this campaign. And Anthony Fury, very much appreciate you as well. Both uh, outsiders to this race who should be uh, Main Street voices, but uh, very much appreciate it. Thank you both. Thank you both. Take care. Okay, if you want more on uh, what they both are running on, you can go to chloebrown.ca. She's got a very thoughtful campaign, uh, outline platform, all there. And Anthony Furious, fury.ca also has it all laid out, clear and concise messaging, so you get an idea of what they stand for.